0: Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. How are you doing today, Pastor?
1: Very blessed. How are you doing?
0: Doing very well. Uh, this morning, we're going to begin with a brief devotional thought based on 1 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, this is in our daily Bible reading from our Read the Bible in the Year program. Uh, you can find it on our website. We also thought it was very appropriate to talk about today because uh, this describes the office of a bishop or we could say consider a pastor today is the work that pastors are called to do Um, it's good for both of us to be a little self-reflective about this if you haven't heard yet pastor radical recently took the call to serve our sister congregation messiah and eau claire um, last night at our voters meeting excuse me two nights ago at our voters meeting uh, we called another pastor uh, to come serve us at Emmanuel. So it's good for us to take some time to reflect on, well, what kind of a person should we expect our pastor to be? What are the qualifications that a pastor should have? Uh, and so forth. So I'll read this from First Timothy chapter 3. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he care for that church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. While well, I finished reading that pastor, and I know how I feel. Maybe I'll just ask you, how does does it feel when you read through a a section like that?
1: Well, as far as breaking it down, there's an internal reputation, there's an internal struggle that we look at within, and then there's an external view about the individual, the the pastor the deacon. So both you would think that, you know, ultimately I just think it's only by the grace of God, because ultimately, internally, you just think I I could never do this (laughs) because no one's going to be blameless. No one's going to be perfect, but it does say that this is what the Lord wants you to be. So there's behaviors, there's qualities that he's looking for. And then, you know, external way people view you is, is also important because you're trying to minister to them. So, um, yeah, those are two, it's it's a high calling.
0: Yeah. I think it's very humbling when you read something like this, because you think, boy, I am not all these things. I'm not the perfect pastor. And I think that's, that's a really important expectation to have. Yes, Timothy is or Paul's describing to Timothy what the ideal should be, what the what the perfect pastor would be. But guess what? There is no perfect pastor. And there is no perfect congregation either, you know, and we're all sinners living in a sinful world and as we look at this. Um, yes, there should be a a pastor should be upright and forthright and have good testimony among the those who are outside, right? So when people look at him sometimes I've heard it said, you know, being a pastor is kinda of like living in a glass house. Like you should you're It's a public ministry. It's a public calling, and in that way, yes, we live a public life. Like as pastors, we are expected to be held to a higher standard. Uh, Scandals that take place in the church, scandals uh, with pastors are, you know, they're always a little bit extra uh, bad in that sense because it reflects upon the office to which they have been called, which is a a high calling. And yeah, it's very humbling reading through a section like this, but also it's uh, it's also encouraging when you remember that, yes, we are all sinners, that we're not perfect.
1: So, so what if we start the first four verses, because those are more self-reflective. Do you want to go through each one of these little phrases and just briefly talk about them?
0: Sure, you already mentioned blameless, but talk about the husband of one wife.
1: We are not into polygamy. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: The other point that's always been this that I was thinking of is, you know, the idea of female pastors. You know, yeah. this obviously excludes female pastors. If you're the husband of one wife, you know, and there it specific, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. even, you know, the word, the Greek words, the Greek don't have the words man and husband. They just have the one word on air. And same thing with, with wife. They don't have the word woman and, or, and wife. They just have woman. Um, and so when it says a man of one woman, that's, re- that's really all that says there. And that's what a, a pastor should be. So this verse, even though you might look at that and not immediately think proof passage that we should only have male pastors, that is what that's actually saying.
1: Also, it's proof passage against homosexual pastors. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How about temperate?
0: Temperate um, really has to do with... Um,
1: it's like level-headedness, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: what's going on in your mind of being stable. You know, I think one of the most important aspects of the pastor is the stability that he b- brings to a congregation and the uh, the ability to calm situations down. Uh, when temperatures rise, being temperate right. is helpful. What about sober minded?
1: Well, obviously when we think about being sober, you know, verse 3 says not given to wine. So this is a different kind of sober-minded. This would be like similar ways of being temperate as far as self-control, but also sober-minded would be um, clear-headed thinking. You know, it's not going to be all over the place, but just being mindful of other people. I, I have some people that I really respect that are just just very mindful of other people's thoughts and feelings and emotions and that idea of just being uh, clear-headed and uh, focused on what you're doing.
0: Good behavior, obviously. Uh, behaving ourselves appropriately as God has commanded, keeping the commandments and being outwardly, uh, outwardly keeping the law as God expects us to do. Um, obviously, that's a quality we want from our pastor. Hospitable, you know, caring for others, encouraging others. Um, when someone is in need or needs a visit from the hospital or a shut-in visit or something like that, someone who, you know, empathizes with them and wants to build them up and encourage them, it's not something that we should have to force our pastors to do. We sh- it should be a natural thing. Uh, able to teach, that's an important one. Yeah.
1: I know that we talked We talked about that a lot when I was in sim that uh, we had, at different times, we've had people go through the whole program and then maybe didn't go on to be a pastor or a teacher because They didn't have the gifts of teaching someone, you know, and that's a tough thing, but obviously extremely important when it's a teaching ministry, a teaching and preaching ministry, you got to be able to make concepts clear and share, share the truth of God.
0: That's so much what we do. You know, maybe the average listener doesn't think of that, but as pastors, we're just teaching, we're Constantly teaching the truths of God's word—that's what we do. Whether it be seventh and eighth grade doctrine class, eleventh and twelfth grade high school religion, whether it's in chapel, that's what you're doing—is really teaching. That's what the sermon is every weekend—is really just a twenty-minute lecture in many ways. Out in the community, out in the community, the adult instruction classes that we do—we have people coming in and we teach them for an hour straight from God's word. You know, so uh, when we do counseling, really what we're doing is we're hearing people's problems and then we're counseling them, teaching them God's word. What God has word has to say about that. So. You know, so much of what we do is is just teaching.
1: Um, what well, do you say with your family life too? Really, a, yeah. a parent, you know, a Christian. Really, all of us should be teaching. But what's what? So I guess a little quick tangent. What makes this different than our normal Christian life? So it's the position of a bishop. So couldn't we say this would be true for all Christians? Really.
0: Well, and that's where Paul goes, right? Uh, one who rules his house while having children in submission. You know that as as parents as fathers, you know, you and I, we teach our children as well. And, um, if you aren't ruling your house, well, if your house is in disarray, uh, and you are not being a father figure, which is, that's what parents are. Parents are the first teachers of children, which is, I think kind of the point you're making there. Um, pa- parents are the first teachers of children. If that's not going well at home, how can you expect that to go well in the church where you have, you know, not the same intimate relationship as you do with your own children?
1: Right not a novice
0: not a novice yeah so that's uh not a beginner you know and that's uh that's largely i believe why we have the long extended was, seminary process the same that we thing. have yeah. yeah so if you're not familiar post-secondary um education for a uh, pastor means four years of college after high school um, including years of greek hebrew dogmatics symbolics all in college, and then after that even, there's three more years of seminary, and where you get even more in-depth in many of those topics, uh, and other topics as
1: well. Homiletics and all that. Homiletics,
0: pastoral theology, uh, yeah, counseling, and so forth, so uh, by the time you get all the way through school, I took, I took me one extra year, because I uh, didn't start out in the preaching program, so I ended up, let's see, I was sick, I was 26 by the time I graduated, right, so you know, by that time, they say you're, by the time you're 25, your brain's fully developed, right? is not know what they say. So
1: some people say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so not a novice, you know, who, someone who is experienced and you yep. know, that's why we have vickering programs. So yep. they get experience from that. Um, so it shouldn't be somebody just willy nilly decided, I want to be a pastor, you know, and they don't have experience. They don't have the head knowledge. They don't have the, um, the, the ability to study Greek and Hebrew and so forth. So it's, um, our, our studies are extensive, but that's in accordance with what First Timothy teaches us. is You should not be a novice. Uh, you should be uh, uh, very familiar with what God's Word says.
1: Yeah. The last phrase there, a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. I, I always understood, uh, just this morning in the Catechism class, we were talking a little bit about this section, and they said, what is the testimony there? How would you answer them?
0: I think like reputation. So other people speak well of you from the outside. Um, if you have a reputation as a pastor of somebody who's, you know, that guy's a firebrand or whatever, he only preaches the law. Or if you have a reputation of, well, yeah, but that guy, that guy doesn't, ha- that guy's lazy, he doesn't actually do his work. Or if your reputation is, you know, well, that guy, uh, whatever. You know, you could think of what as many bad things as you want. If you have a reputation of, not getting your work done or not being a good pastor or not uh, faithfully preaching God's word. Well, that's a bad testimony. That's not something you should have. And so we should make every effort, you know, and, and here's where it's really important to find a balance between, you don't want to be a hypocrite, right? You don't want to pretend like you're the perfect pastor. No one of us pastors should pretend that we're all sinners. We've all messed up. We've all failed in so many ways and we fail in our ministry uh, time and time again too. But uh, we also recognize that we should, as much as we are able, try to uphold that good reputation because it's not our reputation; it's all right. about God's reputation in the end. Um, and if we are living the way God asks us to, that's a reflection not upon us but upon our God. And that's what we really need to make clear when we talk to people. That's one of the one of the first things I talk to people when I sit down and have a meeting with them. If I'm meeting for the first time, I'll always tell them I'm the worst sinner I know. Right. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. And if we can all start there and say, I'm the worst sinner I know, but I have a great greater savior who lived and died and rose again for me. Then it's not me who's getting any of the glory, but it's that it's God who's getting the glory. It's Christ who's getting the glory. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, Why don't we pray on that? Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and bless you for the gift of the ministry that you have given to us. Uh, we thank you for the gift of pastors who have fulfilled our ministry. Thank you for the, the years of blessings that uh, Pastor Radical has brought to us. We pray for blessings in his future as he continues that important work in the ministry. Uh, we pray, the Lord, for uh, the church at Emmanuel, that you would bless uh, all of uh, the, the called servants and workers there, and that uh, you will uh, encourage all of us as we continue to seek to strive to spread your name, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and all that he's done for us. Bless each of us as we Fill our duties as you have called us to. Help us to live lives of good reputation that reflect your great love for us. We praise things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, some weekly updates and reminders for you today. Um, you. Midweek Bible class continues this evening. Uh, Pastor Radical is going to be out of town, so I'll be taking over uh, this evening. We will be studying something that I haven't figured out yet. So uh, tune in for exciting reveal of what we'll be taking a look at uh as far as the voters meeting recap that took place monday evening Uh, the new church council members were elected Um, you'll be able to see that in the minutes when they're released Um, so take a look at that for some of the updates um, that took place Uh, we also called a new pastor out of respect for that pastor and his uh, current congregation and and his current call uh, we're not going to say his name uh, online yet um, but you can certainly Ask around, and if you want to know that information, we can sure share that with you. Get a hold of myself or or Pastor Radical if you like, but we're just trying to keep that on the down low right now until he's able to fully inform his congregation. Um, Want to make an announcement: the Board of Property let us know that the handrails in the front entryway are going to be removed and powder coated in the next few weeks. So, especially if you if you really need those handrails to get in the church, make sure you. uh, uh, take note of that, that they're going to be gone, uh, but they will be returning shortly after they're re-powder-coated re and painted. Uh, the trunk retreat's coming up this weekend, October 22nd. Uh, that's from two o'clock to four o'clock in the church parking lot. Um, sure hope you can join us for that. You don't need to uh, dress up. You don't need to bring a trunk. You can sure just come and have fun. There's going to be live music. Uh, sounds like there might be Hot chocolate, cotton candy, and there's also a dunk tank where you can take out your angst on Pastor Radical for leaving uh, this weekend if you'd like to. So I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's going to have a, a wetsuit on, is that right? Maybe. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. All right. Um, the weekend after that is the Minnesota Joint Reformation Service up at Fridley, Minnesota. That'll be at 4 p.m. Uh, up at Grace Fridley, uh, October 29th. Uh, the weekend after that, that's Saturday, November 4th, is the Sophomore 5K. That'll be taking place following our church and bible class so i think it's 7 30 on november 4th saturday evening and then the weekend after that is the pickleball jamboree that uh, is being organized so you can stay tuned for more information on that november 11th as far as our prayer list for today uh we keep in our prayers our cancer patients uh this list of six individuals that'd be carrie dale john Hine, will rucker uh, marlene hanel Kate Zowers and Jim Leon. So pray the Lord would bless each of them in their various stages of uh, cancer treatment. We also pray that there would be uh, peace over in the Middle East, a lot of uh, awful things taking place over there. We pray that God would uh, would bring all those who need peace and healing uh, His saving name, help them to turn to Jesus Christ as the only source for peace, uh, not just not earthly peace, but, but spiritual peace with God. Uh, we also thank God on behalf of Holly Overbeek. She's one of our members who was over there overseas. Um, she is safely returned. She's flying in today, I believe into Minneapolis. so praise God uh, for that. She was over there visiting her sister um, but uh, the Lord directed things so she could get home safely. And then finally we pray on behalf of Tina Eichstad. Tina is Pastor Radical's sister. She's also Pastor Eichstead, who used to be a pastor here years ago. Uh, his wife they were Wayne and Tina were in Hawaii celebrating their 20th wedding anniversary when she had a uh, major heart attack last week. Um, God answered our prayers uh, through that whole situation, and now she is uh, tomorrow, is that correct, tomorrow, flying home. Um, and it seems like the Lord has given her amazing healing and blessings through this, so we praise God for that and thank God on behalf of the Eichstead family that uh, he's been with and blessed Tina through the situation, and we pray that uh, God would continue to give her healing, healing of body. Which brings us to our hymn of the day today, which is hymn 780, uh, out of the worship supplement. Hymn 780. Dear Lord, to your true servants give the grace to you alone to live. Set free from sin to serve you, Lord, they go to share your living word, the gospel message to proclaim, that all may know your saving name. They gladly go at your command to spread your word or sea and land. Be with them, Lord, and make them strong, to heal sin's ills, to right the wrong. Your rule is over wind and wave, and mighty is your arm to save. When all their labor seems in vain, revive their sinking hopes again. And when success crowns what they do, oh, keep them humble, Lord, and true, until before your judgment seat they lay their trophies at your feet. Amen.